0: Welcome to the podcast from the International Franchise Association, Franchise Voice. I'm your host, Jack Munson. Today's episode is brought to you by Benetrends Financial. While the IFA works to protect, enhance, and promote the franchise business model, your voice is critical to that mission. The IFA Advocacy Summit brings together franchise executives, franchise owners, and supplier partners from across the country to Washington DC September 11th, 12th, and 13th. We would like to personally invite you to join us. While there will be great networking and learning opportunities, this is far more than a typical franchising event. You will hear from high-level government officials on critical issues impacting your business, providing you the opportunity to share your story directly with lawmakers from your state and district. Your participation in the IFA Advocacy Summit has never been more critical, and your engagement is essential to protecting, enhancing, and promoting franchising. Go to Franchise.org right now to register. We'll have a link in today's podcast show notes as well the more voices we have, the greater impact we will make. Your voice is needed in Washington this September. Today on the podcast, IFA President and CEO Matt Haller shares more about the issues that are front and center with IFA members. Here's Matt with IFA's Stephen Rupp, right after this word from Benetrends Financial. Hey
1: there, it's
2: Ali Kraus from Benetrends Financial. As industry experts, we craft practical financing solutions to propel franchise brands forward. Acting as an external financing department for your brand, we provide swift and suitable funding for franchisees. Discover how Benetrends can drive your franchise business success at benetrends.com.
3: Hey everyone, it's Matt Haller here at the IFA. So Matt, What are the biggest concerns for franchising in the advocacy space right now? Well, we're watching the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, As you may know, they recently closed their request for information, uh, which was a uh, very wide-ranging and, from our perspective, uh, one-sided investigation into uh, franchise relationships and the impacts uh, that franchise business practices have on um, labor. Um, We think uh, this is designed to elicit an outcome and something that we are very concerned uh, falls outside the scope and the authority of the federal trade commission. So that's something we're watching closely. Um, Similarly at the federal trade commission, they are uh, looking at improvements to TC's franchise rule. We actually think there are some things that, um, are issues in franchising that are derivatives of an outdated franchise rule and that could be improved uh, to help uh, pre-sale disclosure side. so that's something that we are lobbying the commission um, and asking congress to lobby the commission uh, to improve um, we're obviously watching the national labor relations board uh, which is poised to release an expanded definition of the joint employer rule they expect that final rule to be delivered in august and ifa and our whole Franchise community will be up on Capitol Hill lobbying Congress uh, in all likelihood for a Congressional Review Act resolution, which allows Congress to overturn any major rulemaking of a federal agency. So that is uh, something coming very quickly here this summer and into the early fall. Uh, And then lastly, California uh, remains uh, at the top of the list. Uh, AB 1228, the joint employer liability uh, bill, which was stripped out of the FAST Act last year still pending in a Senate committee and the legislature is returning from their uh, August break on the 15th and it is put likely that that bill will be up for a hearing and we need all franchisees uh, in the restaurant industry in California to come to Sacramento to help us uh, defeat uh, that bill. Uh, we have a fly-in in Sacramento uh, at the end of August for uh, our franchise uh, members out there. A lot of franchisees are are really busy running their businesses. And you know, you've given a little bit on why these different issues matter, but you know, in, in in broad sweeping sort of strokes, why uh why should you as a franchisee or as a business owner a stakeholder really like care and get involved in these issues? Well, they directly impact your business, but that's not the only reason why. I think a lot of times franchisees and and, and really a lot most small business owners. They think somebody else is going to take care of this for them. And they look at their franchise or they look at the association that they're part of. And they say, Oh, that's something that the big company or the big organization is going to handle for it. It's somebody else's job. reality is that small business owners and franchisees are the most trusted institutions uh, out there. Um, According to Gallup, uh, you know, big companies are now some of the most distrusted uh, voices Uh, Out there, Um, we all know about the lack of trust in government and the lack of trust in media uh, and other large organizations. But in franchising, we're blessed with some of the greatest, most trusted people and institutions out there in the franchisee, small business owners that make up the franchising community. So, because it impacts your business and you're so trusted, that's the reason why uh, you need to get involved. Um, And help protect your business, whether it's through coming to Washington for the Franchise Action Network meeting in September uh, or sending a letter, making a phone call, writing a check. uh, All these are ways that you can help uh, and get involved. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the exciting things that we have going on in September with the IFA Advocacy Summit a little bit? Sure. So we'll have more than 300 franchisors and franchisees in our supplier community from around the country. Here in Washington, we have a day of programming with representatives from the Federal Trade Commission, uh, bipartisan members of the Congressional Franchise Caucus, who will speak uh, at the hotel on the morning of September 12th about what's going on in Washington. We have Jonathan Martin, who is the national political reporter for Politico, talking about uh, the general state of uh, politics as we head into a Certainly interesting uh, presidential election year. Um, and then on September 13th, the IFA team will divide the entire group of three 400 attendees into state delegations, and we will do all the work to set up meetings with your members of Congress. So you'll go up uh, in state delegations uh, for two meetings with your senators and with your uh, member of Congress, and then we'll capstone it with a really fun reception Uh, At a place called Pearl Street Warehouse on uh, the newly redeveloped Southwest waterfront. Uh, We've got uh, School of Rock, one of our great uh, IFA members. Uh, The kids will actually be playing a bipartisan concert with members of Congress. So we have at least two members who play instruments, the drums and the fiddle from both sides of the aisle. And the uh, IFA attendees and a lot of our friends from in and around D.C. and on Capitol Hill will be joining for a fun capstone for the Advocacy Summit.
0: Joining us now is Michael Lehman. He's the Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Public Affairs at the International Franchise Association. Michael, how are you today?
2: I'm great, Jack. Always a pleasure. Hope your August is going well.
0: Yes. Well, speaking of this summer, first up, congratulations on last month's Open for Opportunity event here in Chicago. You had a fantastic turnout.
2: It was a uh, remarkable summer capstone Jack to the open for opportunity stops that we've done this year. So thank you, and thank you for being in the room in Chicago at McDonald's headquarters. We had uh, state and federal lawmakers there, and I was stopped after the following week by one of the federal lawmakers who uh, just pointedly said how touching it was and eye-opening for him to hear the stories of franchise business ownership um, from the people in the room that day. Yeah. And he was really taken aback by the conversation. And that's exactly what we're going for with all IFA advocacy, but specifically the Open for Opportunity campaign. So it, it seemed to land well.
0: Yeah, great event and I'm looking for more of that sort of thing at the IFA Advocacy Summit September 11th through the 13th. What's our focus going to be this year at that event?
2: Every year, you know, we're balancing all sorts of things to come up with the right message for Capitol Hill at the right time that fits the political mood. Uh, you know, some years when we're heading into presidential elections, uh in a fall or midterm elections, uh, the congressional schedule gets reduced and we may not have an opportunity to really move the needle for franchising as much as other years. None of that is the case this year. This is, um, probably we're going to have the biggest ticket, um, issue asks at our, um, uh, Washington Advocacy Summit next year that we probably ever had. And that fits the time, Jack, because uh, these are pivotal, this is a pivotal moment for franchising and big issues are before this business model. So we're going to rise to that occasion for the event by um, talking about fundamental structural issues uh, for franchising the need for champions on Capitol Hill to defend uh, franchise businesses in their states and uh, how important all of this is. We're not talking about uh, nuisance issues that would create a little more paperwork or raise costs around the margins. We're talking about uh, one, the National Labor Relations Board's joint employer rule, And for those who've been following Certainly, franchise public policy or IFA advocacy at all over the last uh, eight nine years. You know the phrase joint employer. You know what joint employer meant to franchising when the standard was expanded the first time from 2015 to 2017, and how it had a it changed the franchise or franchisee relationship uh, in in small ways and big ways across nearly every system because of the fear of new liability for brands of being too involved in the relationship. But that is exactly the driving a wedge between franchisor and franchisee is really the whole point of those Uh, some of our policy opponents who are driving the joint employer rule. So we're going to have a new joint employer rule by uh, September. Uh, It will be bad. It will be bad for franchising and we've got to uh, get it next. So that's asked number one. And then our folks are also going to educate Capitol Hill on the federal trade commission's interest in franchising. Recently you're, Uh, Listeners may know well that the FTC put out this all call uh, this spring, a 90-day public comment period, really looking for nightmare stories in franchise. It's pretty clear the FTC wasn't interested in hearing from happy owners who just wanted to share uh, the dynamism in, in this business model or tell their story of entrepreneurship. The FTC is a hammer. And the hammers look for nails, and the FTC was looking for reasons to regulate this business model more than they do. So we're going to have uh, great conversations on Capitol Hill on both the NLRB joint employer rule and the FTC's uh, interest in regulating this relationship. And uh, it's going to be an uh, all-hands-on-deck event, September 11th to 13th, and we hope uh, much of your listening audience will join us there.
0: You know, for those conversations on Capitol Hill, you and your team always do a great job of arming us ahead of time with the facts and making sure that we're all confident when we show up at those legislative offices for those meetings. What exactly can we expect when we walk into those offices, maybe for the first time for some of our listeners?
2: It's a it's great Uh, home field advantage that our friends uh, who are elected to Congress, both the House and Senate, enjoy up there. You enter these grand marble uh, buildings, There's three House offices, office buildings. There's three Senate office buildings. They're certainly grandiose. They're across the street from the U.S. Capitol building. The U.S. Supreme Court is right there. It's all certainly the uh, apex of uh washington and, and american power and there's there's certainly endless history and uh it is intimidating uh for for the new for the uh the newcomer and so what you're gonna find though is um no matter where you're from uh, almost no matter where you're from it always depends you know who signs up and what delegations uh, end up looking like, but almost no matter where you're from, you're gonna be paired with uh, a group of fellow franchise owners and franchise brand executives from your state. And you're gonna have uh, really the opportunity to have very friendly, very comfortable conversations that you've been trained up for uh, with programming the previous day, um, at the hotel in washington as well as we do a pre-webinar the previous week so we and we send other um materials ahead of time so we really try to make our folks as comfortable as they can and we focus on um jack in these meetings we want people to focus on telling their story we don't want people to worry about policy talk talking points and acting like the lawyers that they're not None of that maps. Um, those messages will be uh, those technical messages will be delivered other ways. And franchise business people who are sharing uh, their time and treasure to come to D.C. and, and be with us for a few days uh, don't have to worry about. Um, all they need to worry about is um, telling the story of their businesses, telling about uh number of employees and economic contributions they're making in, in local areas and in the states uh, where their representatives hail from, and uh, the message of the harm of of the joint employer, the harm of overregulation by the FTC, and what that will mean for franchising, that message is going to shine through when um, people are telling their stories. And it's all very, very important. These are important issues, and uh, unfortunately, if franchise folks keep their heads down and keep grinding at their businesses, bad things can happen uh, if we don't all stick together. Um, This is not going to go away uh, if we're not uh, vigilant here, and if we don't put on a great show Uh, at our conference in September and and the other advocacy activities that we undergo. But that's what we're here for. We try to make it as easy as possible to come to Washington and and head up to these hallowed halls of Congress, and uh, we're looking forward to
0: it. You're so right about those stories. That's what the legislators and their teams really want to hear, are the stories of the business owners and the franchise executives you know, what's going on with their world and, and how are these things going to impact them as business owners and and probably even more as employers. Those are the stories that, uh, I, that I love walking away from those meetings. I've learned so much about franchising from other folks from my state as they're telling their stories to the legislators during those meetings. It, it's really a fantastic day. What are the key takeaways you want those legislators and decision makers to have after we tell those stories on Capitol Hill?
2: I think one of the big takeaways we want um, uh, people to be left with on Capitol Hill uh, after our people visit is that the franchise or franchisee relationship in America today uh, is, is awfully healthy. And that the balance between franchisor and franchisee um, is really about right where it should be. And there's, a, because that's what both the NLRB and the FTC are scrutinizing right now. Um, and we have uh, new survey uh, information that we will be releasing ahead of the conference that show that in anticipation of a joint employer rule, that 73% of franchisees are concerned about the prospect of their brand imposing more control on them as a franchise owner. But at the same time, 55% of franchisees are also concerned with the prospect of their brand in imposing reduced control and involvement on their business. So showing that the upshot of joint employer regulation of either franchisors uh, moving in in a more heavy handed way or moving away and distancing themselves, either of those outcomes are bad. And that shows I think me and other IFA folks that generally franchisees are happy with the balance in their system and the relationship that they have with their brand. And despite some um, nightmare stories that some of us have tracked um, in the news and uh, certainly some legitimate issues um, in individual systems out there, the, the relationship is healthy. The balance that is struck through regulation at the federal, state and local levels is uh, extremely appropriate and joint employer policy and potential FTC regulation um, is unnecessary and would be much more harm than good.
0: I love that idea of telling the stories of how healthy this relationship and this business structure is right now. I would assume most of the folks on Capitol Hill hear a lot of negative things all day long and a lot of complaints from a lot of advocacy groups. So going in and telling positive stories about how these businesses are making a positive impact currently without a lot of change in their communities, I think that's that's exactly the right way to go. That's the story that people want to hear. And, and I can't wait to share some of that on Capitol Hill. Michael, before we go, you mentioned earlier just how important this kind of advocacy can be. Can you expand on that just a little bit more about why is this so important?
2: Well, what we always try to impress upon uh, franchisees, franchise executives out there in America who are busy with their businesses and their families and their lives is that uh, they are VIPs in their local community to elected lawmakers. And so with these important issues swirling around franchising, it has become almost incumbent for franchise business people to have a relationship with their local, uh, state, and federal elected officials, because when a rainy day comes and the NLRB imposes a fundamentally harmful standard on franchising, or down the road if the FTC imposes uh starts to meddle with the private contracts between franchisor and franchisee from Washington, D.C., or when state legislatures uh, do the same thing. Um, Franchise business people who have a relationship, have a line into their local uh, electeds, will have a leg up and they'll have the opportunity to uh, say, look, this doesn't make any sense and I need some help here. And if we have so many members, so many we call them grass tops, you know, so many members on the IFA board of directors and others in our in our membership that have great relationships with senators and congressmen in their states, and so they're they're always communicating uh, on the issues of the day, and so particularly at our fly-in, they're going to have a great opportunity um, in Washington next month. To explain the latest on the joint employer rule and get action out of Congress um, through legislation to repeal the NLRB's joint employer standard, which we'll be pushing for, or to write a letter to the FTC saying, you know, sharing the Hippocratic oath as it relates to franchise. first, do no harm as you seek to regulate and and potentially scrutinize this this business community more than you do. Many of them may think, you know, D.C. is far away, D.C. policy and Congress, that's all too big for me to be involved in. Um, We connect IFA members, franchise people with members of Congress every day. That's the most important thing we can do uh, at IFA is connect franchise business people with um, the elected leaders who govern their businesses. Um, and that's what the fly-in, that's what the IFA Advocacy Summit next week is all about, and encourage those who uh, have viewed advocacy is not for them to think about what this could look like if they really did have a relationship with their senator or their congressman, and uh, that's what we're going to help create uh, next month in D.C.
0: Excellent. Michael, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to seeing you in D.C. on September 11th. Thanks, Jeff. And if anyone hasn't yet registered for the IFA Advocacy Summit 2023, please do so at Franchise.org. voices Sarah Faye Pierce she's the head of government relations at Paychecks Sarah great to talk to you today
1: Hey Jack how are you thanks for having me
0: Thanks for being here we're talking to a lot of industry professionals about advocacy in the franchise space a critical value proposition for a lot of members of IFA is effective advocacy you've been with trade groups and now you're at Paychecks what's the secret sauce in consistently delivering on this
1: Sure. Well, as a corporate or a trade association advocate, it's very important to understand first what your position is on the team, and just as important as it is to understand the play call or what our strategy is. And you know, the team lead, usually it's the government affairs point for the trade association. So Mike Lehman for IFA, uh, he's, a, he's a play caller. And as a corporate lobbyist or an industry supporter, like Paychex is for the IFA, we execute the play call in order to win the game. Or in our case, it's to pass or defeat legislation or impact a regulatory effort on the regulatory uh, side of the, the fence. And you know that benefits the industry or prevents adverse impact to the member companies who are part of the trade association. And ultimately, the formula always remains the same. The play calls or our tactics will change based on the political environment as well as external factors exerting pressure on the process. And this is something that we will continually check and adjust.
0: At Paychex, where's your strategy focused? And how do you leverage all of those different stakeholders, the trade groups and people on the Hill and partnerships, even other competitors to advance the company's strategic objectives?
1: Sure. And I'll I'll unpack this a little bit and take a, a bit of a step back. Having almost a year and a half under my belt, leading government relations for paychecks, it's it's a tall task. And as an integrated human capital management solutions company, say that three times fast, (laughs) (laughs) we deliver payroll benefits, human resources, and insurance services to our more than 730,000 small business clients. So the broad spectrum of interests the company has in the legislative and regulatory space is vast. And that might be an understatement. (laughs) We develop, you know, focal points really so we can organize all of those interests and those issues into portfolios. So retirement, employment and labor, payroll, tax, insurance, and the PEO, of course. And from there, you know, we segregate the work into offensive and defensive uh, uh, efforts You know, number one, first and foremost, we must defend the company's license to operate, and I prefer to have paychecks advising the government on the ways our technology and service meet the changing needs of employers and employees. And secondly, we support policy that supports and contributes to the growth of our clients and further look for opportunities to grow our client and revenue base. And because our government relations team is small, but mighty, we align our interests and our strategic objectives, not surprisingly, to our trade associations. And certainly we leverage our relationships on Capitol Hill. And we certainly work, you know, with the regulatory bodies to really help them understand the different points of view, um, you know, from, from that client perspective, from the business perspective, and, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, just a couple examples of you know those defensive and offensive postures that we take leveraging our trade associations you know first i'll i'll, I'll pivot to defense um, there's this big you know rule at the sec it's called the swing pricing and hard close rule incredibly technical incredibly complicated to explain but the hundred thousand foot brush on it is that it will deliver a blow to our retirement business, and as the number one uh, record keeper in the country, this is critical to the ability for our company to continue to be as successful as we are in delivering, um, you know, great services to our clients. Um, you know, by contrast, an offensive posture we took was to really double down and work with Congress and. Uh, IFA and the Chamber of Commerce and others to pass Secure 2.0, which is a complete game changer for small businesses who are considering, you know, offering retirement savings as a benefit to their employees. And uh, the law just enhanced tax credits and made, you know, facilitation of these plans to small businesses so much more uh, easy. And, you know, we really want to see that opportunity for small businesses as well as their employees continue. But the integration of these two, if the SEC rule goes into effect, it could really hamper and hamstring our ability to do that. And so we've had to go with our partners to Capitol Hill and really you know, plead that case. And the interesting uh, thing there on the Hill is that there are two different committees of jurisdiction and not to get too far into the weeds, but the leaders who passed Secure 2.0 may not have known about this rule from the SEC that could completely deliver a blow to the law that they had just passed to help workers across the country. And so we had to bring all of those interests to the table. And we certainly couldn't do that uh, without the the leadership and the support of, of our trade association partners. And so really it's a hand in glove type of effort. And again, particularly when you have a small shop, these relationships and partnerships are absolutely critical.
0: Sarah, thanks for that. And thanks for advancing franchising and all of the work you do at Paychex. And thanks for joining us today on Franchise Voice.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And we'll see you at the IFA Advocacy Summit September 11th through the 13th.
1: Look forward to it. See you then.
0: And thanks to you for listening to Franchise Voice from the International Franchise Association. For more information, go to Franchise.org.